Welcome, welcome, welcome. You guys ready to party? I said, are you ready to party? I need to know if I can start the party. You know what? Start the party. Did Michael give you permission to do this? Start the party. This Dundee goes out to someone really special who has the most glorious locks in all of the land. This one who could it be? goes out to Brian for the best hair in the office. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Thank you so much. Speech! Wow. Speech! Wow, thank you. This was a lot larger than I thought it was going to be. Um... Thank you. I'm just overwhelmed with joy. I want to thank my hair. Couldn't have done it without it. It just keeps on growing. Mm -hmm. I hope it'll keep on growing some more. Um, I'm just, what else can I say? I just, I'm so thankful for this Dundee. Thank you. Our next Dundee goes out to the coolest cat that ever did cool catness ever did. <laughs> I didn't understand that. <laughs> this Dundee goes out to the coolest cat that ever did be a cool cat. In all of the cool cat land, in all of the cool cat kingdom, this Dundee goes to the coolest cat, Cameron Bear. Oh my goodness! <gasps> and the crowd goes wild. Speech, 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 speech. Okay, speech, okay, speech, okay. Speech, speech. I never thought I'd be compared to a cool cat, but here we are, and. I just, I, I want to thank God because I feel God in this podcast room tonight. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> the Dundies. The Dundies. The Dundies. They're here. It's our favorite time of year. <laughs> Everyone put your black suit on. It's time for the Dundies. Get that tux. Everyone has separate checks. Sorry, no group tab tonight. <laughs> I realize that this is the only Dundee episode besides when Will Ferrell comes on. Yeah, that's weird, right? It's yeah. such a big deal. I was like, but... I thought there were more Dundee's episodes, but the there more really I think about are it, I'm like, just the not. two. <laughs> it's always just kind of in the background in other seasons. Mm -hmm. But never. They never go through with it. It would have been kind of funny if they would have done... Like an annual... Yeah. Instead of like a Christmas episode, they would have done a Dundee's episode. Yeah. I would have been Maybe okay just like that. Christmas themed or something. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was like... When I was looking at it, I was like, wait. <laughs> that can't be. There has to be more. This is our first introduction to the Dundies. Yeah. What a great thing it is. I care more about the Dundies than the Oscars. Absolutely. They're a big deal. Yeah. 
Michael Scott, Dwight's DJing. Because, I mean, the Dundies save lives. It's true. More lives than you think. Because he could smell something weird from your neighbors and he's hanged himself. Because of lack of recognition. Mm-hmm. It's a true shame. It's an epidemic. Yeah. Who, who knew that things smelled weird when your neighbor hangs themselves? <laughs> Things would start smelling weird. It would take a while, but you'd smell it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so it's interesting to me how everyone treats the Dundies. Mm-hmm. Almost everyone in the office is just sort of drags their feet when it comes to the Dundies, except yeah. for Dwight. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny how Michael goes around and asks everyone where their Dundies are. <laughs> and Jim... Doesn't want to be cocky, so he hides his. <laughs> Dwight displays his above his bed. Yeah. And Stanley throws his away. So <laughs> really hitting all the points. Yeah. There. It's pretty great. What you can do with a dummy. <laughs> it just shows that everyone handles fame differently. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Stanley rejects it. <laughs> He's bigger than the fame. <laughs> Big heart. <laughs> <laughs> so i wanted to talk about michael's personality changes because now he's hit season two yeah it's official first episode Mm -hmm. season two yeah we have recorded a season of the office dude that's cool look at us we're just we're just like the office (laughs) we're so cool yeah granted it was only six episodes but still it's a season tomato tomato (laughs) But so I wanted to talk about how there's a tiny shift in Michael's personality. Yeah. Where you really care about him in this episode. Mm-hmm. And that just carries on throughout everything else. And I was looking at some trivia, some good old trivia. Oh boy, lay it on us. Yeah. And so the writers, they were thinking of making this episode the pilot, but they thought that would be too out of, out of the box or gotcha. something so they decided to copy the first episode of office uk interesting um so they must have had some of this shelved but i i'd assume they um revised michael's character a bit um because they they mentioned in the imdb page that they start basing Michael's character off of Steve Carell's other roles that he's done. Oh, gotcha. Specifically, his role in the forty-year-old virgin. Um, um, and I have never watched it, but I decided to watch it the other day mm-hmm. because I wanted to actually give insight, right, on the podcast about it instead of being like, I don't know, I've never seen it, so <laughs> <Yeah>. must have. <laughs> um, and he honestly, like, in that movie he plays michael but just like tiny little differences mm-hmm. like you know he's a lot dorkier in the movie 40 year old virgin but like a lot of the same like he makes a me so horny joke in the movie oh really yeah. i've seen it forever ago i haven't watched it in a long time mm-hmm. but yeah i could see how his character in the office is based on that yeah i think i even remember greg daniels i've watched an interview with Greg Daniels and he mentioned that they realized how much Steve Carell 
had in him mm-hmm. when they saw that he did the four-year-old virgin. Yeah. Like, they saw all of his potential that he has. Yeah. And they just wanted to make a character who had flaws, but that you still really cared about. And right. had, like, good potential in them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of where they started going with this. And as I was watching this movie, there are so many big names in that. And, like, there are so many people from The Office in that. Are like, there? Who else is in there? Uh, Mindy is in it. Oh. Guy who plays Todd Packer is in it. Wow. I, yeah, I saw, this has been, like, a year since I've seen yeah. it, so. And, wow. um, I don't know, there's other big names, like, Kevin Hart is in it for, like, a couple seconds. He is? Yeah. What? He plays, like, a customer oh, that's at the so weird. place Steve Carell works at. And, you know, you have, like, Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd and. Yeah. Yeah, there's just, like, big names in Who that movie. Who made this movie? Was it Judd Apatow? Because he works with all those people. Uh, Maybe it wasn't. I I can't remember. Yeah, that's crazy. It's funny how when you watch some old movies like that, that you see, like, huge huge names that are huge names today, but mm-hmm. they weren't when they started. Yeah. It's like, wow, you're such a baby in this movie. <laughs> but it's cool to see, like, the roots of where actors and actresses come from mm-hmm. but yeah so he he plays basically michael in that movie mm-hmm. and there's like i i really got emotionally invested in that movie because i just wanted everything to work out right and it just really gave insight into you know these characters have like major flaw issues but we love all of them and the same goes for the office where yeah. You know, in the first season, Michael's kind of just really sleazy. But in this season and beyond, he just... There's something that's always... Like, there's a bit of redemption in him wherever he walks. And he has flaws throughout all of those. But there's just... Like, I'm thinking of specifically um, when they're starting the Dundies and... Um, Michael is telling Stanley, like, why didn't you bring your wife? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they have that conversation and then Dwight hits the, oh, yeah, <laughs> button. And Michael's like, stop, don't do that. Uh-huh. Which kind of just gives you a glimmer into mm-hmm. Michael doesn't want to be too inappropriate in front of, you know, like, you know, he still does really right. weird things. <laughs> He's selectively appropriate. Yeah, but it just shows that he has moments where he's like, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. That just isn't a good time. No, that's true. He, I guess he has a little bit more self-awareness. Yeah. Definitely still some very questionable mm-hmm. things there. Yeah, but, for sure. But yeah, that's true. Also, a weird thing, his appearance changes a lot. Oh, In the first season, he never wears like a jacket. Mm-hmm. He always has his sleeves rolled up. Yeah. To make him seem like he's kind of loose and rough manager. But now he looks like an official businessman with like his crisp suit and and his hair is styled different and not like so sleazeball looking. So yeah, it is interesting to to see how he has kind of shifted. Mm -hmm. Not just inside, but also in his appearance. Yeah, which we've kind of talked about before where he kind of slips into more of a businessman and like you know, a salesman than just this greasy 
more so car salesman in the first season than like I'm gonna sell you paper Um, and yeah that's just they go into a good character for Michael rather than because I don't think the season would have lasted as long as they just kind of we're like, no, we started with this character, so we just need to keep... Yeah, if they would have kept piggybacking off of that yeah. and not really made their version of Michael Scott, it mm-hmm. does seem like it would have been more problematic. Yeah. And the show wouldn't have been as successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, another thing in this episode, we see Michael really kind of lose it with Dwight. Yeah. Or just, like, just yells. And I don't, he doesn't have any yelling scenes like that in the first season, does he? Where he really just no. gets mad mm-hmm. at Dwight for just like getting on his nerves. Uh-huh. And that's another thing that's kind of an insight. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know exactly what it tells us about Michael. But maybe just that he's willing to, or not that he, not so much that he's willing, but that he is vulnerable to just outbursts sometimes yeah. and he's not so much always trying to come off as being like a cool mm-hmm. cucumber yeah manager yeah i think it's more of like it shows you that he has breaking points mm-hmm. um because we all have them and we finally feel like he's a person right especially in that moment where we're like okay he has moments where he's freaking out and he needs to express it and yeah, I think it's just to give him a more human character. No, that's true. And in, I guess in that way as well, it does make him more relatable mm-hmm. because everyone would have everyone has breaking points. Yeah. And it would be hard not to just like yell at Dwight for being so just annoying. And mm-hmm. like, it seems like your whole plan to uplift your employees is falling apart. Yeah. So yeah, that's. It definitely does show that about Michael. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think in like a different... Well, I mean, like in the first season, everything just kind of rolls off his back Mm -hmm. and he internalizes it. Like, you know, things still bug him, but he just like internalizes everything that's bothering him. But with, you know, this situation... First of all, I want to know exactly what was written on that bathroom wall. Yeah. Because like what was actually so bad about it and, you know, if it were under different, like a different situation, I'm wondering if that would have been the plot to a episode, if it wasn't about Probably, redundancy. yeah. I could see that. Mm-hmm. That it would, you know, Michael would obsess over that. Yeah. And feel like all heartbroken mm-hmm. that his employees don't view him like he wants them to. Yeah. I also find it interesting that Pam is the one that writes it. Yeah. Because we don't get that until later. But I'm, I guess it's just kind of the buildup of Michael annoying her all the time. She was just like, I'm just going to write this mean thing about it. Right. <laughs> While I'm in the bathroom. Because <laughs> I'm upset and I'll never see it. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny that Pam would do that. Yeah. In some ways, it seems kind of out of character. Yeah, I was gonna say that. But Michael must have been really on her nerves on that day, you yeah. know? <laughs> he must have been doing something horrible. Mm-hmm. So maybe that also shows Pam's breaking point somewhere. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. She's willing to just kind of resort to an immature move like that. Mm-hmm. I also just wanted to note on, so you know Michael's joke about the girl from HR? Yeah. Um, it's just like a little tidbit that I found interesting. And I say interesting a lot, but it is interesting. <laughs> where Holly is a girl from That's HR. True, huh? Yeah. And I don't know if they did that intentionally, but it like the first time he's talking about I don't know. Like the first time he's joking about being with someone that isn't about Katie. Cause I feel like he doesn't do that ever in the first season. Um, but like this is kind of the first time we get that. Mm-hmm. And it ends up kind of becoming the truth. <laughs> Yeah, that is weird. It's almost like a self-prophecy, yeah. self-fulfilled prophecy. Mm-hmm. That is kind of weird. I didn't think about that. But he does end up with someone who's in HR. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah, again, I don't know if they did it intentionally. but Yeah, probably not, but it's kind of funny to think that they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also when Michael's love for Ryan... Yes, oh, uh, my favorite romance. <laughs> After Jim and Pam, it's <laughs> Michael and Ryan. I just love the huge crush that Michael has on Ryan. It makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm wondering if that was another, like, they intentionally decided to do that because they wanted to give him a different edge or something. Give Michael a different edge? Yeah. I can see that. Just that, because in the first season, it does kind of seem like he has more of the mentality of like a man's man yeah. in some ways. Yeah. But now, I don't know, it's kind of a shift where he doesn't feel like like he's not super homophobic about like saying that another guy looks good uh-huh. you know he doesn't get all yeah like defensive about that mm-hmm. yeah i think that's definitely definitely a shift um yeah and i'm i'm just thinking like did they do that intentionally to be like michael's secretly bi he'll, <laughs> he'll never admit it but he is and he kind of admits it but not outright <laughs> like if Ryan invited Michael over for a night to watch a movie and he like started making moves on him, like it would for sure something would happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like what if Ryan was into it too? <laughs> that would have been so great. Oh, wow, what a dynamic that would have been at the office after that. And then like and Ryan goes up to be a, an executive. So he would have had Ryan and Jan that were both former lovers. <laughs> he would have had so much leverage. He would always pull that card. <laughs> After what we've been through, Ryan, me and you. <laughs> when we were watching Die Hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that would have been really good. That would have been pretty good. I'm just imagining this entire scene in my head now. <laughs> There's so much happening. Ryan would have like lit a candle, you know, <laughs> dimmed the lights. 
Oh my gosh. I'm now thinking too when they do that um sale, the like yard sale, but like at their office. Oh yeah. Like, you know when Dwight sells Kelly the candle? Mm-hmm. Like, what if he sold that to Michael instead for Ryan? And Michael like tries to like subliminally get that to be a trigger for Ryan, like the smell of that candle. Like he'll light it. <laughs> That'd be so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking that that had to be a conscious choice yeah. for the writers. Because yeah. obviously there's a joke there, but I think it's also just a conscious choice to say he has a kind of a soft side to him. Yeah. Where he, if he was interested, like if he was attracted to a guy, he would definitely go for it mm-hmm. if they were also down. <laughs> but they need to make the first move because <laughs> no homo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's interesting it does kind of show a softer side to michael mm-hmm. that yeah it kind of removes part of that rough exterior that he puts off yeah which just leans in more into their shift of michael and how he has all these kind of off-putting moments for him but he he overall has a deeper exterior or interior i guess that just has feelings for people and has a a a line that you don't cross Mm -hmm. on certain things yeah yeah it's interesting that's an interesting part of michael's character to know Mm -hmm. because i wouldn't have really noticed that i don't think yeah and I, since we're on the topic of Michael, I also want to talk about when the other people in the Chili's are like uh, being rude to him right. and then they start throwing things at him yeah. and he just takes it. Yeah, that's true. Like he just, and then he gets really quiet and he's just like, okay, we're just going to wrap up now. And this is the first time where the office really starts cheering for Michael when he's yeah, upset. that's true. Um, and I think this just leans into there wasn't really much going for Michael in the first season. And there weren't really, like, moments for the office to do that. And if there were, they, they didn't care. Yeah. Um, but, again, it's just that shift of character where everyone feels bad for him and so they want to make him feel better because he is their boss and they do care about him to some extent and they want him to you know not put himself down so much right it's almost like that kind of dynamic there's other examples of this but i can't think of one but where it's it's as if the employees are saying we're the only ones who are allowed to make fun of michael when you start messing with michael then you're messing with all of us Uh And so when you start putting him down, then we're going to step in. Yeah. Which is, there's some other show that's from as well, but I can't think of it. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of it either. 
because like I do get that same like oh that's from something but yeah. I I can't, I don't know. Oh, also about Michael when he's taking that sort of jeering from the other mm-hmm. people. Again, it just kind of shows how Michael views himself as a comedian because yeah. he's trying to do like crowd work with them yeah. when they're making fun. I was like, hey, where are you guys from? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, he's, like he treats this like it's. Like it's a like it really is like the Oscars mm-hmm. where he he's got this gig, he's gonna make the people laugh. Yeah, he's got bits to do, mm-hmm. and he it almost seems like part of him recognizes that you know harassment from the crowd might be part of being a comedian. Mm-hmm. But then of course when it, when they start throwing stuff at him, he kind of shuts down. But yeah. it's it, it's just kind of funny how he always has an inner dialogue of. He is a comedian. Yeah. And also we see that later when he's taking like improv classes. Yeah. Like he's always kind of trying to be a comedian mm-hmm. professionally in some kind of way. Yeah. It's just kind of funny how he views himself that way. <laughs> yeah, he does do crowd work. <laughs> I think it it was also just when Michael compliments Dwight at the end of the night for his good work mm-hmm. and this kind of starts going into Dwight's side of things where his reaction to Michael telling him like how good of a job he did right. you know there's there's um just good character moments for both of them in that moment where Michael does see and appreciate what Dwight is doing and then Dwight is over the moon for how Michael feels about it and that he did notice yeah yeah again that's something we wouldn't really see from season one Michael Mm -hmm. Scott yeah that he's willing to you know give out a compliment to someone who's actually trying yeah that's another thing with a soft side of Michael because I feel like in the first season he would have said, I'm not going to compliment another dude. Like, what am I, gay? You know? Right, yeah. Um, and now he's just kind of like, I don't care. <laughs> I'll do whatever. <laughs> We're just going to lay it all out on the table. Should we go into all of Jim and Pam stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. It's the bulk of this episode, yeah. so. The bulk of this episode is Jim and Pam. Just. There's a lot that happens. They get their first kiss. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. <laughs> I find it interesting how <laughs> <laughs> they don't really cut to anyone else's reactions. That's true. Like, it seems like everyone else doesn't really notice that yeah. it happened in some ways. There's kind of like slight glances, but it holds on their. Mm-hmm. On Jim and Pam. Like, there's no cut to a different reaction. Yeah. Where people were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, I think they, it just kind of gives you the feeling of like, oh, ugh, that was a little awkward. Right. Like, that was, ooh, but, ooh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I do know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that camera, camera shot just kind of, leans into that was a little that was a little awkward and we're just yeah. gonna sit back down and be like Whew, okay <laughs> we're just gonna just forget about that 
that was weird um and yeah there's just a lot to unpack with all of jim and pam yeah so here's the question how drunk is pam is she so drunk that she wasn't really like all the way in control in that moment or was she just loose enough that she was like i've always wanted to kiss jim so i'm just gonna do it yeah you know i think she was just like because there's a difference between blackout drunk reaction and like i'm just like woohoo yeah let's just go with it right because she's clearly not like on the verge of vomiting mm-hmm. or like she can't like she can't she doesn't have her balance completely there but but she's not like stumbling with every step yeah that yeah mm. um and yeah i think she's just on the verge of well, I'm mad at Roy, and I'm just feeling really loose, and Jim's being great tonight, so, yeah. <laughs> and I'm excited that my Dundee wasn't about my longest engagement, uh-huh. so let's just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy, like, and also Jim's reaction to that, mm-hmm. from that point on, his night is made. Yeah. Like, he's got to be so happy. Mm-hmm. But it's weird as well yeah (laughs) yeah because it's not i think in his mind he's like whoa that was pretty cool Mm -hmm. but also she didn't do it sober so it's kind of the validity of it is a bit diminished yeah because he's like i don't know if she actually wanted to do that or if she was just like drunk right um and i wanted I just had another point with Pam's soberness because you can tell by the end of the night that like she is sober enough to just like be quiet and be like, I wanted to ask you something. Right. Like that's not something that like a completely drunk person would do. Yeah, that's true. Like she kind of like sobers up and it's just like, I don't, I want to ask him something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's annoying me what it is. Right. Um, yeah, that question. Mm-hmm. What is the question? Yeah. Like, the. I feel like the big main questions with Jim and Pam's relationship overall in the series is, what was she going to ask him in that Chili's parking lot? Mm-hmm. And what did Jim write Pam for that Christmas right. card? Yeah, that's another one you never find out, huh? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Unknowns. Like me some Mariana. Mariana. It had to be something about potential relationship. Yeah, I feel like something it would have been along like those lines, right? Do you like me? Like me? Right. Like something like that. I don't know. Or like if I wasn't dating mm-hmm. Roy, would you date mm-hmm. me? Or something yeah. like that. You know? Yeah. Definitely something like that, but. I just wish we could have seen like yeah. that interaction of what that question would have been. Also, Jenna Fisher's really good at acting drunk. She does a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah. Like I was it's pretty convincing. Mm-hmm. How she seems drunk but she's not like overacting. Yeah. You know? Because a lot of people overreact when they're fake mm-hmm. drunk. Like they're just really sloshing their words yeah. and like stumbling everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, but did you like? you have you have you ever uh, 
Let me tell you something right now. Yeah. Right. I'm drunk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But yeah, it's just like this overly excited into everything Pam. Yeah. Where we're like, Pam has excitement. Yeah, it's cool. I've and never it, seen it. Yeah, <laughs> we see a whole new side of Pam. Yeah. That I, th- again, kind of informs her evolution mm-hmm. in future seasons. Like, it seems like it's kind of a moment of clarity. Like, yes, she's under the influence of a lot of things, but it, yeah. there's a lot of truth yeah. coming through that mm-hmm. of who she actually is. Yeah. And I think piece by piece, that's uncovered more yeah. as the show goes on. And mm-hmm. it's it's really cool to see that. It's like, wow, Pam is a cool person. She's, like, yeah. really excited about things. Mm-hmm. and she is funny yeah she's dorky yeah and she was also cool is that she got the whole rest of the employees to turn around and be excited about the dundies yeah and she was like wait i haven't gotten my dundie yet Mm -hmm. and she rallies michael back Mm -hmm. i was like come on dundies dundies yeah so again it's cool it it just kind of goes to show that pam isn't such a nobody Mm -hmm. but she really can when she wants to like be a leader yeah which is awesome i'm also thinking of so she writes that nasty thing about michael in the bathroom Mm -hmm. but then she's the one that like boosts his spirits yeah at the end of it that's true and then she also comments on i wish i hadn't written that on the bathroom wall right um which is just kind of like we talked about it um when our mics weren't hot but (laughs) where you have like overall character development in maybe a season or just the show in general Mm -hmm. but you also have tiny character developments in an episode right where she writes something bad about michael in the beginning and then she's the one that you know helps michael feel better and then regrets what she did at the beginning Mm -hmm. so you have this nice little neat bow where you just realize that even in a night, like over the span of a day, she can, people can change how they feel about something that they wanted to do in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And again, it just, it's another important part of storytelling Mm -hmm. is giving the audience some kind of sense of progress. Yeah. Because as a viewer, you can feel when an episode is being stagnant mm-hmm. and things aren't happening. Yeah. Because if there wasn't, like, just little micro progressions like that give the audience, like, that little bit of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, something's changing. Yeah. And we're along for the journey. Like, we're, yeah. we don't know where we're going, but we're just following this path and it's actually leading somewhere. Yeah. I feel like personally i think this is their first great episode i could i could agree with that because i love a lot of moments from the first season but overall this episode just like from start to finish you're just you're like i love this This yeah it's true there's never really a point where you're kind of like okay when's the next funny scene gonna be or like who's gonna say something that Mm -hmm. will shake things up Mm -hmm. but yeah it is it's a typical and I don't mean to say typical like it's average, but mm-hmm. it's just like your typical office episode. Yeah. Where it shows that they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's where their skills are really highlighted. Yeah. 
and when they hit when they know what they're doing and they do it the right way it just works so good mm-hmm. yeah it's so satisfying I know. such a good it's so i just love that there's some kind of feeling that accompanies that when there's just a great episode the satisfaction yeah it's, just... it's great mm-hmm. and also speaking on like how relaxed pam has been i feel right. like that's also a moment where we get a lot of close-ups of Jim's reaction to all of this. Uh-huh. And I feel like he's just falling even more for her. Cause totally. He's gotten moments of her reacting like this, but this is, like, amplified mm-hmm. to a different extreme. And his just kind of bewilderment of the whole scene and just his smile that he has on his face throughout the entire night, even before... She kisses him. Yeah, the fact that she comes back, uh-huh. even and sits with him. Yeah, like, that's huge for him. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point. Is are Jim's reactions to her? It's kind of like he, like he's getting confirmations of who this girl actually is. Yeah, it's like oh wow. Like I always kind of sensed that she was this way, but yeah. now I'm actually seeing it. Yeah, now I know. Because yeah, you're right. She he gets little tidbits here and there of her like actual personality Mm -hmm. but to see it on full blast and just being like cool and quirky and loud it's yeah definitely he's falling more in love with her Mm -hmm. and also talking about you know micro progressions within an episode it's interesting to see pam and roy's dynamic yeah and the fact that Again, we see Roy being controlling and saying, let's get out of here. I don't want to be here. It's mm-hmm. all about him. He doesn't want to be here, so you're coming with me. Yeah. But this is a f- one of the first times we really see Pam stand up for herself, yeah. which is awesome. I love it. And she's just like, no, this, no, I want to stay here. And you would have known that if we would have talked about this. If you would have asked me. Yeah. yeah. And it's great. I'm just like, go Pam. Uh-huh. Tell him. Yeah. I, I love, I also love seeing characters who are able to grow in self-esteem and become self-actualized. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. And again, it shows, it kind of shows Pam has always kind of maybe seen herself as like Roy's fiance or she's always tied to someone else. Yeah. But I, I want to say that her deciding to go back in was her deciding to be herself and not just don't always follow what other people are doing she's like no no i'm drawing the line here i'm gonna do what i want to do and i'm gonna have fun yeah that's a cool thought yeah i never never thought about that Mm -hmm. yeah because i feel like after that night all of the employees were more thinking of her as an individual like i feel like the next day they were in the office was like wow pam remember all that (laughs) yeah like wild stuff you did last night Uh instead of I feel like the only conversations they would ever have with her are like, so when are you guys getting married? Right. Like, only like, like what did plans. what did you and Roy do over the weekend? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it probably did change, like, the office's perception of her. Mm-hmm. That's also cool. Yeah. This is, like, speaking of their fight in the parking lot, it's showing the dark side of 
Pam and Roy's relationship, mm-hmm. like on full blast. Yeah. Because we've seen tidbits of it before, but this is like, they're fighting. Yeah, they're actually fighting. Yeah, they're yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. And the the body language they use as well when they're mm-hmm. fighting. Like how Roy grabs onto her arm. Right. And then she like wrestles yeah. to get out of it. Yeah. Like she just doesn't want him to touch her. There's yeah, I was just like, there's so much going on in this like yeah. tiny scene. <laughs> it's true. It really does show like this is not a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Even like the camera work for it, because it's not they're not right next to them filming. Mm-hmm. They're like they're behind distant. a bush. Yeah. Like you can see a bit of like a, oh, a blurry yeah. bush as they're fighting. Like this cameraman is far away and yeah. they're like trying to pick up this fight. Oh, that's also kind of a cool thought is I wonder if on some level they've kind of been putting on an act for the cameras. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And so they, like, you know, the camera crew is actually able to capture yeah. what a lot of their relationship is like. Mm-hmm. They even do that with other people as well. Mm-hmm. Like when Jim and Pam are in the parking lot at the end of the night. Oh, yeah. When she's about to ask him that question, right. she looks at the camera and is like, I was just, no, this yeah. isn't for TV. I wouldn't, yeah, she probably would have asked if uh-huh. the camera crew yeah. wasn't there. Damn, that camera crew. <laughs> they should have done a faraway <laughs> shot. <laughs> Man. <laughs> but yeah, this is a great episode for Pam. Mm-hmm. I love, I love everything that happens with Pam. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and I don't know if this was, I don't know if she did, like, this was a directional thing for her, Mm -hmm. but when she gets her Dundee, she, like, when she's about to say, I want to thank God, Uh she, like, outstretches her hand and kind of, like, looks, and it's with her engagement ring on it, and I don't know if she's looking at her Dundee or the ring, but I, I was like, wouldn't it be, like... She's just opening her hand and being like, ugh. <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's another interesting thought. Is she, yeah, kind of realizes, kind of goes in with what I was saying before, how mm-hmm. she decides to be her own person. Yeah. And it's almost like she got an award for doing that. Like yeah. she wasn't given yeah. another thing to be tied to Roy. Mm-hmm. Like she's an actual individual. With which is really white kids. Yeah. Yeah, she has those white kids. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's great. I just love anytime you can go on a journey with someone that discovers a piece of themselves. Mm-hmm. I just love that. Yeah, that just is so inspirational and satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's just great. Yeah, yeah. Just that motion of her holding that trophy. It just it makes me feel like she's saying i want this ring off my hand like yeah. i just ugh. <laughs> it's annoying me because <laughs> there's still this tie to roy yeah there's like a lot of goes. baggage tied to tied to that ring uh-huh hmm. yeah that's a great thought yeah and again i don't know if it's intentional or if mm-hmm. she's even looking at her ring um but if that is kind of the subtlety of it yeah it's just 
because when you get an engagement ring, it's like I want to be with this person and I want to be reminded of them. Right. But that kind of outstretched motion of just I don't want this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you know, it just says everything about the relationship mm-hmm. without the fighting or you know, just the disgust of a ring on her finger that is tied to Roy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I wonder if it I I'm going to make a lot of assumptions here, but yeah. I feel like Pam has probably always been the kind of girl who thought, you know, getting married and, you know, having a family, all these things would complete her mm-hmm. and would like fulfill the person she's supposed to be. Yeah. But when she's experiencing like this really long engagement and a guy who's stubborn and mm-hmm. controlling and dragging his feet, I wonder if it's just kind of a dose of reality that like all of your thoughts about what marriage would do for you actually aren't true. Yeah. And there's something to be said of, you know, exploring who you are and expressing that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's an, an assumption at all because I get that same feeling from her. Mm-hmm. You know, when she's talking in later seasons about, how she dreams of a house with like a picket fence and right. just this very stereotypical, I don't know, family house, I guess, mm-hmm. is yeah. the best way to explain it. Where she just wants this dream Barbie house of a, a husband who loves her. And yeah, she, I think. Honestly, I think a lot of girls go through that kind of phase and they they don't they either escape it or they don't. Right. And it's not like it's something that you need to escape, but a lot of people have the assumption that I'm going to find my prince charming. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of. And I think that's just from all the Disney movies. Yeah, it's, it really is into. a narrative that is constantly pounded into people's heads Mm -hmm. you know this is this is the path you go on to have a happily ever after Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm even kind of writing a character like that right now where it's just this obsession of a happily ever after Mm -hmm. and even though this relationship is kind of not great you're still gonna stick by it because you see potential and in every store like um fantasy book is just there's trials right. where you have to fight a dragon mm-hmm. or you know you have to go through this creepy forest you know just these things that you have to deal with and they're like oh it's just it's something that we have to deal with right it's just an obstacle to get to yeah the, the other part mm-hmm. that we're going to experience. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get hung up on that. And that's kind of where Pam has been this entire time. And she still sticks with that for a while. But this is this night was a moment where she realized that 
she can be a princess without a prince for a while, you know? Yeah. And she doesn't even need to find a prince, but there is someone willing to wait for her. Right. And... And also treat her respectfully. Yeah. Like, Jim could have definitely taken advantage of this situation. Oh, yeah. Like, big time. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows that he respects Pam. Yeah. That he wouldn't be like, oh, wow, like... We could probably even like make out if I like tried yeah. to do something. Oh, I'll you know? drive you home. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it was, I think it just shows that Jim is a respectable guy and he's mm-hmm. willing to be like, okay, I recognize the situation and it was pretty cool that she gives me, but yeah. I'm not going to try to do anything that mm-hmm. could like endanger a future relationship with her. Yeah. Or even like, rip a tide between Roy and Pam yeah, that's more true. Than it already is because he could have been like hey Roy Pam kissed me last night <laughs> yeah and he also could have talked with Pam about Roy mm-hmm. and like really tried to yeah get her to break up with him mm-hmm. like, he, like he's not right for you you should I think you should just try something else mm-hmm. or like all these things I don't know yeah I'm thinking of, because that kind of shows the difference between Jim and Michael. And there are a lot of differences, mm-hmm. granted. But when Michael is trying to get Holly back from AJ, there's, he, Michael just bluntly says to Holly, like, oh, you sh- just leave him, you know? Like, <laughs> he's he's not right for you uh-huh. and he even like bluntly says it to aj as well right like how's your life <laughs> it's so good <laughs> um and you know there's different ways of going about how to try and get someone back but yeah michael michael's more flawed than jim and he's not Michael's not typically the person to be very patient and respectable. And he is respectable in a way. Like, I'm not trying to say that, like, Michael's not a good person underneath. Right. But, you know, he has different ways of going about things. And Date Mike. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet me. Um. Yeah, I think that just shows the kind of differences that people can go around. Yeah. And Michael wasn't like, he could have been worse. For sure. But, yeah, just Jim decided, like, I'm not going to push anything. Like, she's the only one that can push tonight. Like, I'm not going to. Because, yeah, a lot a lot of people take advantage of people being drunk yeah that especially people that they like because they're like well yeah yeah, this makes it a lot easier i don't have to you know go through all the awkwardness or something i don't have to worry like if i can confess my feelings tonight and they'll forget it tomorrow right that kind of thing but yeah there's just Jim is a respectable guy he's a nice guy he's a gentleman quite a gentleman (laughs) Um, speaking of Pam being driven home, 
Mm-hmm. I just want to comment on how Angela was willing to drive Pam home. Yeah, that is way out of character. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this Angela? Okay. <laughs> Who is she? Again, I feel like there has to be something that happened in her life. Because she is slightly warm. She's slightly warmer in mm-hmm. these earlier seasons than in the later <laughs> ones. There had to be some kind of just crazy traumatic something where she just shut down <laughs> and it was just horrible to everybody yeah because it does seem like and in other episodes like in the party playing some of the the first or, one maybe it's the first one where they're in the party planning committee and it's pam and angela and phyllis mm-hmm. and like she doesn't automatically throw down everyone else's ideas yeah like, she actually, like, Phyllis suggests a color for streamers, and she's like, oh, I, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And she's not just like, no. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. yeah. I remember when you mentioned that in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, Angela, what's that about? <laughs> yeah, it's strange. Because throughout this episode, Angela's disgusted by everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, she's disgusted with people getting drunk and people making, like, sexually advanced jokes. And she just, I I'm, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, oh. it is weird. Because she would not, first of all, she's not in support of people just, like, getting drunk. Mm-hmm. That's, like, against her values or something. And I don't think Angela's ever gotten drunk. Yeah, probably not. I, yeah, we've never ever seen drink? drunk Angela. That's true. Because, like, all the Christmas parties where they've had drinks. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so she's for sure not a drinker. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she'd be willing to drive, like, an obnoxiously drunk person home. Yeah. Is very strange. I think the only time she drinks alcohol is when she's going through her divorce. Doesn't she, like... Am I going crazy or doesn't she have like a gas station cup and she fills it up with like vodka or something? Might be, well, I know Meredith does that. Maybe I'm thinking of Meredith. You might be thinking of Meredith. I'm probably thinking of But Meredith. it almost does seem like she does the, the same thing. Maybe. Yeah. Not. I don't know. Also, <laughs> speaking of Meredith, mm-hmm. um, I was wondering if this is the beginning of her alcoholism. Because <laughs> <laughs> when Michael... Is it when he's doing ping or something and it cuts to a shot of Meredith and she's just like, oh boy. And she takes a drink of her margarita. Like, really? Yeah, there's some. She's, I remember her taking a drink when they're all like setting up. It's in a reaction to something Michael's doing. Huh. It, and I don't, it's one of his bits, but she's just like, oh brother. And just like <laughs> takes a drink of her margarita. And. <laughs> It just reminded me of the the roast episode. You are the reason, yeah. <laughs> Michael's the reason she drinks. Yeah. So is this like part of the beginning of her alcoholism, where she's just like, Possibly. oh my gosh, yeah, I cannot. This is not my life. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm gonna drink. <laughs> she's like, Pam looks like looks like Pam's having fun. So <laughs> yeah, let's drink. <laughs> um, apparently, Chili's wanted their name out of this episode oh really because they didn't like someone was just like someone showing a person getting drunk at their establishment oh. 
So they is that why they did that last bit? They included that last oh. bit of an employee saying she was banned. That makes sense. Because Chili's was like freaking out about it. It's also funny how they go, they reference Chili's so much in the first <laughs> I couple seasons. And I was wondering if they have like some kind of brand like um, agreement. Because <laughs> it's so funny because they have another one where like um, Michael and Jan are meeting with that guy at Chili's. Mm-hmm. And they oh, sing, baby yeah, baby they baby sing the baby back rib song. Yeah, it does feel very branded. <laughs> and Michael's like trying to pitch Chili's for like the new business place. Yeah. It's like the new golf course. Uh-huh. It's just, it is funny. Yeah. That Chili's is so <laughs> like openly talked about. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Jenna Fisher posted like a tweet a couple years ago where she like took a picture outside of a Chili's mm-hmm. and says like, when will they let me back in? <laughs> and the like manager of all the chilies replied and well like or they just posted something on Twitter that said like from this moment on we are unbanning the lady that got drunk <laughs> at our establishment like eight years ago. That's funny. And she is now welcome back or something like that. That's great. <laughs> So now Chili's has come around. Gotcha. <laughs> so now they're okay with it. They now that The Office is a very popular show. <laughs> right. Like, like, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, we also mentioned in an earlier episode how we never get to see Stacy, but we actually do. And who is Stacy again? Is that Kevin's... Oh, Kevin's fiance. fiance. Okay. We see her. Because for a second, when I saw that note, I thought you were talking about Stanley's wife. I was like, wait, that's not Stanley's wife's name. <laughs> <That's scary. laughs> but yeah, that's true. She's this just like the, there for like two seconds. This is the first and I'm like, time. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks very disgusted with Kevin about his, <laughs> what's his word, awarding his uh, most stinky. Smelliest. Yeah, smelliest. Uh, I'm trying to think because I'm thinking of what Stanley says smelling his bowel movement right but his actual award is like I don't know I can't remember that's okay but that's true that is the, like, yeah, the only time we, we see, see her <laughs> so we that's were really wrong, funny but yeah we do see her for a couple seconds okay. so we know what she looks like <laughs> she has like a mom kind of mullet hairstyle yeah with like blonde hair, mm-hmm. she was like the hairstyle of like old school Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> it's kind of the '80s, yeah, like that '80s mom hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that stuff's great. Also, speaking about kind of background people, so Stanley's wife Terry mm-hmm. was. <laughs> so I don't want to be like mean or anything, but yeah. her just her acting in the background was kind of distracting to me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because <laughs> every scene. Where Pam is saying anything, you uh-huh. just see her in the background with her yeah. eyes wide open, uh-huh. acting like so shocked. I know. <laughs> it's like okay, She's like, whoa! What? <laughs> you can tone it down just a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if she realized how much she was in shot. Yeah, because literally every shot that she's in, yeah, she is overreacting to what yeah. Pam is doing. <laughs> I just found it. It was distracting, but I think it was just, it added to the funniness of it. That's true. Because just someone being so, <laughs> like, just showing so much facial expressions to mm-hmm. just, like, not that big of a deal. Yeah. Or it's just like, 
Oh, oh, whoa. This is... My eyebrows are going to just fly off the top of my head. Uh, so I just had to mention that. Because yeah. it was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll have our little check-in time with Kevin. Yeah, let's do it. Because um, he has a couple more lines in this. And... It's more so just establishing that he's a foodie. Mm-hmm. Like he ate the entire skillets of cheese. <laughs> oh, good old Kevin. <laughs> and he has smelly bowel movements. And <laughs> Two great features of his personality. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just, I don't know. I just, I always get like mildly frustrated and I've talked about this before, but just where you have someone who is overweight and their only attribute is that they're overweight. Yeah. Like that's their only they characteristic. Really, those are the main jokes about, you know, Phyllis Stanley and Kevin mm-hmm. are just bad jokes. Yeah. And I get that, like, there's, they're not huge characters and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of, it's what Michael would say. Right. But I don't know. I, again, I've said it before, but when they get into later seasons, feature those guys. Yeah. When you're missing other people. Yes. I just want to shout that <laughs> yeah. to the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what should have happened. Yeah. So bad. And oh my gosh, we're going to get so into it when we're in oh. the later seasons. Yeah. So get ready for us to rant. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be intense. Because <laughs> I have a few words to speak about this issue. <laughs> I don't care about Robert California. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> I'm going to sound crazy. But he's not a great character. <laughs> I also just want to comment on... It's a callback to their bad health care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where Michael's wearing that, like, turban uh-huh. for a fortune teller. Uh-huh. And he does the, like... His little joke. Yeah. His little Johnny Carson thing. The... What are the first two? What are the first two? It's like the IRA, the something, and the hot dog stand, stand behind the, the warehouse. warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> All of these have better health care than Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> and it's like, whose fault was that? Oh. <laughs> it's not like you had an episode called Healthcare or anything. <laughs> or you were the one who decided the healthcare package. <laughs> <laughs> Where was the golden plan? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> just like, well, yeah, that was your own fault. <laughs> you can't make that joke if it was your own fault. Maybe Michael did that knowing that he could make a great joke at the Dundies. <laughs> He's like, you know what? That's what all of his time he spent in his office in that episode. It's like, how can I turn this into a positive? <laughs> I know. I will feature it in the Dundies. <laughs> hmm. How can I bring the lifestyle like make the lifestyle worse for my employees and make a joke (laughs) i wonder (laughs) oh jan ring ring oh you got an idea for me thank you (laughs) is he like writing in his journal like i came up with the greatest joke today at work (laughs) they're gonna love it i am so smart (laughs) comedy Ryan was looking so cute today. 
<laughs> he was wearing a blue shirt with a yellow tie. <laughs> I'm now just thinking, like, what if somehow Kelly, like, what if Michael kept his journal in the office and then Kelly found it? And oh was my like, gosh. Who is writing this about Ryan? <laughs> and then everyone's like, um. And Michael just, like, hides in his office. <laughs> All day. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> or if, okay, so yeah, if Michael and Ryan did happen, but it was just like a super secret relationship, uh-huh. and then when Ryan and Kelly are together, like Michael and Ryan still hook up sometimes, and then Kelly walks in on them. Oh my gosh. How great would that be? <laughs> like in Ryan's little, <laughs> his little room, <laughs> his little closet, yeah, <laughs> closet office. <laughs> That'd be so good. Oh, man. <laughs> if if it, like, piggybacked off of the episode where they're talking about the PDA. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, with the closet? Yeah. They can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's like, what? And he's like, we said we can make it a closet. <laughs> Designated closet. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. We have so many good scene ideas. Oh, man. (laughs) We should have written for The Office. (laughs) We were just our ages now. Back in time. Greg Daniels, if you're listening to this, you have two willing and able writers for your upcoming... Just reboot The Office. (laughs) Have you heard the rumor about... There's rumors. I haven't heard as many recently. But there was a rumor like a year ago that they were going to reboot The Office. Mm. I don't think it's going to happen. They better not. Yeah, I doubt it's going to happen. I'm but... so tired of reboots. <laughs> it needs to stop, right? Oh, my gosh. So I'm kind of, like, indifferent about the Aladdin thing now. Mm-hmm. But the Lion King is the most bizarre thing. That one's getting you. Well, so... <sighs> There's no expressions for Simba or anyone. Mm. Like, they just look like a lion, you know? Oh, yeah. And all... It's it's more realistic, but all the jungle scenes and, like, everything just, like, blends together because it's just, like, brown of a lion and then, like, kind of mossy green. Right. And that's, like, all you're seeing. And it's... You think of, like, The Lion King, and there's so many colors to it. That's true, Like, yeah. the actual animation to it. And this is just... Mm. It's... Ugh. Okay, I need to look. Because I've only seen the teaser mm-hmm. trailer, so I want to look. I want to watch the actual yeah. thing. I just got a lot of screen grabs of it on Twitter, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this looks gross. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird. Like, why... So, I've heard one theory about why... We like reboots and remakes are such a big thing right now mm-hmm. is because it costs so much money to make a movie. Yeah. That companies are more willing to bet on stories that people already know and will mm-hmm. guarantee ticket sales mm-hmm. than giving a shot to something original mm-hmm. that might not be as profitable. And doesn't that just make you feel so gross? Uh. Like, can I just step on my little soapbox right now about yeah. superhero movies? I have a bone to pick about superhero <laughs> movies. They drive me crazy, dude. Yeah. I can't stand them. 
Uh, it's just regurgitated storyline after storyline mm-hmm. with a different mask on it. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't understand how people are still eating this up. Yeah. Like, I understand part of it, but there's another part of me that is revolted. <laughs> I, yeah. It just bothers me, man. I don't know. Yeah. I get like the, I get people are interested in the storyline of the Avengers because it's people they've cared about for so long. Right. And, you know, Endgame is coming up. Mm-hmm. And they don't... The thing is, it happened in the comics, so you know it's going to happen. But unless you haven't, then you don't know. Because in the comics, Thanos kills half of the population. Right. So people who read the comics already knew that walking into it. Mm-hmm. But for other people, they don't. So I get people caring about that. But... There's like, there's, there were already Spider-Man movies before that, but there are like three big Spider-Man movies now Mm -hmm. and it's all the same thing. Like I get that Tom Holland is now younger. So now there's like an actual good representation of what Spider-Man would have been like in high school. But it's like, oh, the first movie is about how he became spider-man and how he got the outfit and then the second one is like (laughs) here's a villain and he's getting to help the world and the third one is like kind of depressing and then it's like his (sighs) yeah i don't know that's my that's my two cents on superhero movies yeah i i mean it's okay it's okay if you love them and you watch Mm -hmm. them i mean go for it but yeah just it's mostly the fact that there's it's very there's an unproportional representation of like those type of things reboots remakes yeah. superhero movies to original content yeah and the, yeah it's just yeah it's the just issue is sad. the box office ratio is off mm-hmm. where everything is basically an action movie right um and people don't people don't get to see like sundance films unless they go and seek it Right. Like, they're not just sitting at a box office for you to go see. Right. Like, there's some really good Sundance films that no one is going to watch if they didn't go to Sundance. Mm -hmm. Because they don't exactly know where to find it. Um, Like, there was this Netflix movie. I still need to watch it, but I've heard great things from it. It's called Paddleton. Hmm. And it's basically about this man who gets diagnosed with cancer and his friend... They're like neighborhood friends and they're, they just become really close throughout mm. the film. And the, the guy who gets, gets diagnosed with cancer basically wants to commit suicide. Mm. And his friend is going to help him find this drug to help him. Interesting. With that. So it's a very dark comedy mm. um, about this very dark topic. But I've heard it's amazing. And it's, it's on Netflix. But no, like... Netflix didn't promote it when it came out. Like, it got posted in, like, January. That's so weird. Or, like, February. And it's amazing. But, yeah, just Netflix hasn't promoted it. It's just sitting there. And the only way you would find it is if you were seeking it. Oh, that's too So that's the main issue with, like... Because I get people like different genres. Mm -hmm. But the genre difference is it's non-existent in box offices yeah so that's the main thing that's just yeah it's too bad Hmm. 
It's annoying. But hopefully it'll change soon. Because I guess things are always changing. Yeah. So hopefully... Like, forever ago, everything was like Westerns. And yeah. people were getting sick of Westerns. Yeah, that's true. So we're just in, like, the big superhero phase. Yeah. And I feel like after Endgame, it's going to kind of ease up. Not a lot, but yeah, it's going to so. ease up a bit. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Because at some point, there's not going to be as many people interested mm. in going to see the new Avengers 5. Yeah. You know? And so at some point, it's just not going to make sense financially for them mm. to keep making them. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for that day. <laughs> Hopefully it's soon. When I'm 60. <laughs> uh, I'm such an angry old man again. right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, The Office, The Dundies. <laughs> Speaking of, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we have no segue back nope. to where we were. I'm usually good at segueing things, but I can't <laughs> think of one. <laughs> But that pretty much covers my feelings on this episode. Yeah, we can covered all the the main points of yeah. uh, jam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> PB and J. Jimala. <laughs> and yeah, we have. I feel like we should end this on the song that it ends on. Yes. I'm trying to think of all the lyrics. I just know the the melody. <laughs> Which one is it? The Tiny Dancers one? Yeah. yeah. Tiny so you got a tiny dandy. And you got a tiny dandy. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da